and welcome to Two Girls, One Brew. I'm Christy. I'm Kelly. And we got to talk to Melissa McCann and Michelle Wonder from the Women's International Brew Summit. That was that was a freaking awesome conversation. So please enjoy, listen, learn, and most importantly, buy tickets because this is going to be an amazing adventure online and, and be part of the community. That's what we're here for. What's up, Michelle? Hello. Hi. <laughs> do we get to open beers right now or do I have to wait? You do Already not there. need to wait. You do <laughs> not need to wait. There's no waiting. It's, it's after eight o'clock here. So anytime is good. This is true. Well, we were on one podcast where we were all supposed to like, uh, like open together and I jumped the gun and I didn't want to be rude again. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime. Hi, nice to meet you Hi. both. I'm Christy. This Hi. is Kelly. I, I, I gesture like she's next to me and she's probably not on the <laughs> She's right below you. I'm in her laundry room. <laughs> That's ah, Kelly. Yes. <laughs> right nice. Well, I'm going to open up a uh, homebrew. Very nice. What did you make? Uh, this is a historical beer style that I really love to make. It's uh, Polish. It's called a. Pivo Groditsky. I'm Ooh. sure I'm saying that incorrectly. Um, great to me. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. It's a uh, 100% oak smoked wheat malt. Oh, very nice. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. With just a little bit of uh, um, noble hops at like 20 minutes and that's it. It's like a 3.2%. Oh, wow. Um, it's got a really nice big creamy head from all that wheat. And oh, yeah, it's delicious. Good. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> we, call those, we call those all day drinkers. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I got I real good that. at brewing those during the uh, during the pandemic. I bet. Um, I, bet. I was laid off for about nine weeks and I was like, I can start drinking at noon if I have like a mild <laughs> and a pivo on and like, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, what are you having? I have a Belgian Dark Strong from Mirage Brewing. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, Michelle, I'm going to have to bring some of those up for you, too, because that's pretty tasty. Oh, so. I love Belgian Darks. Yeah, that's one of my favorite styles to uh, brew, yeah. too. He's but a- so we're drinking on the other ends of the spectrum here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kelly, what uh, you were we were talking about, what did you have? What do you have? I have a peanut butter cookie blonde ale. Ooh, Ooh yummy. I've it's not actually- had peanut butter in a blonde ale. Yeah, it's very light and it's not very, it's not too sweet. <laughs> I don't like it when they get too sweet. So it's perfect. Oh, yeah. You get that peanut buttery note? Uh, it's it's not so much a peanut butter. It does. It's a little muted like a cookie. It does have that. Oh. I don't know. Maybe that's the flour, which would be the wheat, of course. Um, but yeah, awesome. I actually should have looked it up so I could say that better. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I have our local brewery, 1010, has a uh, Santa White Christmas White Stout Mm -hmm. with uh, Barney's Coffee and Tea. So they have a collaboration with them. Nice. And it's kind of like when you want that taste of coffee, but you want some beer too. Mm -hmm. I actually had that conundrum the other day. (laughs) I posted on Snapchat. I was like, should I do coffee or should I do beer? (laughs) Why not both? If someone else chooses for me, then I can't be responsible. Oh, true. 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 This is true. (laughs) Why not? You have two hands. It's like, come on, you've got, you've got this. (laughs) I don't like to mix my uppers and downers. No, (laughs) No, but that puts you right in the middle. 
You right. know, you get the yeah. right the right ratio <laughs> of upper and downer. Just puts you in a nice happy buzz. Yeah. So where are you guys located at? We're we're both in Orlando, Florida. Okay. Great. Right on. So we're in we're in the heat belt. <laughs> I You're in the opposite side of things. <sighs> yep. It was pretty warm today too. Here too. So my goodness. Yeah, we have about eighty degrees outside right now. Yeah, it it uh, that's a winter day in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it felt like about ninety five with the humidity, and that's the beginning of it. It's mm-hmm. it's only going to get worse, right? Which is why cold beers are good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's why there the the white stout is about as heavy as I'm going to go right now this time of year because I have an entire beer fridge full of barrel aged and dark stouts and. Oh, God. and I'm like, no, no, no. That's the season oh, yeah. here. There, there is stout season here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right now it's like so. blonde ale, light, sit by the pool, try right. to get your body temperature below 109. Uh, <laughs> right. That's what the purpose of beer is at this point. It's like, oh, I enjoy it, but I also would like to stay alive <laughs> by not overheating yeah. my brain. <laughs> So I have to say I am I am a little fangirling right now because I have been watching and listening to all of the podcasts that you have been guests on just to be ready and the, and nice. wow and also because I love those podcasts but I was like oh yeah. I'm speaking to celebrities yay <laughs> uh, but also my wife likes to remind me honey calm down you're beer famous. <laughs> Hey, beer famous is still a very loving general like general area to be in because right. we're a fun damn crowd. <laughs> yeah, are, that's right. Yes, it's beer people are the best people. So I I can't ever go anywhere and be alone if I'm going to a beer event. It's like nope. there's always always friends. There's there's you know, new friends all yep. the time. <laughs> yep. In fact, we, uh, Kelly and I went to a. We separately we ended up at at a, the same beer event uh, when we went to Beer Fest uh, a mm. few months ago. It was like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? And you'll see other breweries and people that you know, and just like, hey, I didn't know you were going to be here. Why did I not think you were going to be here? It's a beer fest. Where else would you be? The library? Yeah. No. And we're all desperate to get back to them, so no one's saying no to anything right now. No. You know? it's like, heck yeah, I'm going. Heck yeah, I'm going. No, and luckily they've been they've been sprouting up pretty pretty fast and furious right now. So it's been nice. Animals, they're on it. Yep, yep. It's like oh, outside. We're outside. It's safe. It's outside. Come on, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't wait to come to Femme Ale. That's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm never I'm never shy to jump on a plane and go somewhere. And so it's like, yeah, all right, let's go to that now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I would be at Beers Without Beards this weekend if I wasn't in Seattle. So Untapped really wants me to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Untapped demands that you go. I know, right? Look, I've earned so many badges. Doesn't translate to a a ticket or anything but hey right right (laughs) i got the badge i may have a few badges too (laughs) (laughs) this is really an honor to have both of you on here and especially because i actually found out about the women's international beer summit from instagram so yay social marketing social social network marketing um and then i contacted 
y'all and and we're talking i'm so excited and here we are right yeah that's great i'm I'm just so excited to be here i i just i love your energy and i'm just i'm just super excited to get to know you and uh, we will share a beer in person one oh of these yes days very soon <laughs> yes we'll show you around the wonders of orlando that isn't a theme park that's the real life, actually. Yeah. Could we do that? That would be. Uh, super cool. I would love that. So, so tell us a little bit about how you came to be in the beer industry. How did you start liking beer, even just growing up, or and and your exposure with beer oh, in general? Gosh, I didn't know we started. Have we already started? Oh, I'm recording this. You know, I am. <laughs> right on. Right on. I have no idea. Okay. So well, I, I love this question. Cool. This is a little bit even better. It's like I started enjoying beer when I was probably nine years old. <gasps> I had an uncle who was very much into beers, especially the Bach beers. And he would Ooh. let me have little shot glasses of Bach beer. And he would tell me why that was the best beer in the world. And so I, it was just so like adult to be able to sit at the adult table and have my little shot glass of Bach beer. And so I would do that. And then as a as a teenager, I, I may have experienced on my own a little bit with different styles. Probably my gateway beer into the whole thing was probably, um, is it 1551 from New Belgium? Oh, wow. Mm. Uh, is it, is it, it's something 51, isn't it? It's 1351, 1851, something like that. Anyways, yeah, the dark I just beer. looked that up recently, too. I am all about the dark beers, and that was probably my gateway into what real craft beer looked like, and it just kind of went from there. Um, I actually got really into beer about 10 years ago. I was... Um, it's actually, oh gosh, I'm, I'm getting old. It might be like 12 years now, maybe 13. I was invited to the first uh, Sacramento Beer Week. I'm from Sacramento, California. The very first Sacramento Beer Week opener and uh, by a, a really, a really great friend. And that was my first real exposure to the beer industry and brewers and the whole idea of the beer culture in the Sacramento area. And I was just blown away by the camaraderie and the family feel of people in direct competition with each other, yet how they work together and helped each other and support each other. And, you know, different fundraisers like, hey, our brewers got leukemia and we need to do this or we need to do that. And everybody comes together and supports that brewery for that moment in time. Or, hey, we have, you know, something over here and, and people jump in to help over there. And, and it was just so so amazing to me that I was just immediately, I'm in, I'm in, what do I do? How do I become a part of this? And so I started volunteering within the like different events and at different festivals and different things. And then it got into the BJCP judging uh, uh, situations. I can't think of the word. I lose words when I get nervous, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but I got into the volunteering at beer judging events. And so I was a steward for a while. And then I worked into being a head steward and the judges realized what a palate I had for beer and started encouraging me in that direction. And I did end up with my uh, certification in BJCP. So I did do that. And then from there, it got into where I was hosting events because they all figured out that I knew how to plan events and probably should have been a project manager in my life and instead of a social worker. And I'd be about one extra zero on that paycheck. But anyway, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> and, so, um, and so that's Truth. how that started. So you know, and here we are. 
<laughs> Michelle? Well, I like that you asked it in that way because that's kind of how I frame my kind of biography really is kind of, you know, my... So I've lived a lot of places and I've journeyed through a lot of things. And so I've always kind of equate place with the beer that I kind of drank when I was in that place, you know, um, I grew up in Southern California in a little sleepy Orange County town called Orange or called Cyprus, um, uh, which no one has ever heard of. So it is right next to Long Beach, California. You, I was ready to. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's right next to Long Beach, California. So it's right on the border there of Long Beach of LA County and Orange County. So I always say Long Beach, um, cause that's where I hung out. It's where I went to college. It's, you know, where I went drinking with all my friends and all that good stuff. So, um, it was definitely reggae and red stripe back in the beach days. Um, you know, graduated college in like 94. So definitely uh, before the craft beer scene really launched mm-hmm. a whole lot. So Red Stripe is about as good as it got for me then. Um, after college, I actually decided, you know, I don't know what I really want to do. I was an outdoor recreation and leisure studies major. So that tells you I was just there to mess around and get the piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was rock climbing classes, kayaking classes, that kind of stuff. Um, so after college, I was like, I'm going to go live somewhere else. And I had always been infatuated with Ireland. Um, I was a huge U2 fan when I was a kid, like favorite band since I was like 11. Um, so I was always captivated with Ireland and uh, decided to take my student visa and move over there for about a year, um, you know, packed up my bike into a box so I could stick it on the plane. <laughs> um unpacked it when i got there and found a place to live and found a job and and just lived and worked amongst the uh awesome people there and immediately was immersed in the pub culture obviously um discovered guinness of course and absolutely fell in love with it um delicious delicious you know people are always saying how heavy oh it's like a meal in a glass it's not, you know, it's, yeah. it's, no. yeah, it's four point like 3%, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's the least cal- caloric beer that isn't a light beer on the market. Um, so you can actually drink quite a few. It's a very sessionable beer, which is a good thing because mm. they certainly drink it in that fashion. <laughs> no one will leave for you. And I tell them, yeah. no, Guinness is a meal replacement, not because it's calories. It's just accepted as a meal replacement. Exactly, Kelly. Exactly right. Um, for sure. I mean, and it, an interesting thing about bar culture in Ireland is when you go with a group of friends, you never just like go and buy your own drink. Everyone buys in rounds. So one person, it's their turn to get around. And if you're with 12 people, you are expected to buy all 12 mm-hmm. people rounds. Um, and people generally keep track of it kind of in their heads. So, you know, maybe this session, you know, this drinking session on a Friday night, you don't pay for anything because it's not your turn. Um, and then another session might be your turn a couple of times, you know, mm. so you got to be prepared. Because <laughs> <Wow. laughs> they definitely don't like it when you're like, I can't afford to buy you all drinks. They're like, what? <laughs> um, so it's interesting, you know, it's very much that communal type of experience, but I really loved Um so then I came back stateside, moved out to Colorado, lived in Boulder, um, super outdoors, you know, great mountains, hiking, rivers, all that fun stuff. Um, definitely drank a lot of fat tire at that time. That oh, yeah. was the big Colorado beer. Um, Oscar Blues opened when I lived out there up in the Lions. 
Um, so we would go up there to their brew pub and and like, oh, old chub, what is a scotch ale? I've never heard of that before. Um, you know, mama's little pills. It's like, oh, this is what a pilsner can taste like. It doesn't taste like Coors, um, which obviously <laughs> was quite ubiquitous out there. You know, it's crazy that they call those beers pilsners. It blows my mind. Um, but yeah, and then back to back to Cali, uh, up to Santa Barbara. Uh, to go to photography school. So I like to say that's when I had my brief flirtation uh, with wine because um, obviously you live right there. The Santa Inez yeah. Valley um, is just right over there off the coast. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and you would go up into the, into the mountains and there was these really cool like roadside cabin-esque type of bars and there's just like Harleys out front, you know, and all this stuff and people pick it on the banjo, but they're all drinking these really fancy wines. <laughs> it's super cool. Um, and then I moved to San Francisco, was a photographer for a while and that had a really vibrant beer scene. Then um, there was great beer bars uh, like Tornados. That's a pretty world renowned uh, beer bar. Um, definitely got a little taste of what it's like to be around beer snobs. Uh, people there definitely, especially Melissa knows, um, (laughs) the staff there were pretty intolerant. Uh, I don't think they were really there to educate and help people experience and widen their beer drinking. Um, that was a real lesson for me, you know? Um, it kind of, it really turned me off a little bit. And initially I kind of just left with my tail between my legs. Like, Oh, I don't belong here. Like, but then as I started to do my own kind of research and stuff, and I was able to come in with a little bit more knowledge, then it was amazing to be able to drink my way around the world. And then up to Portland in 2013, and uh, it's just been history since then. And I've gotten into the professional ends of things, uh, work for a draft services company, um, doing installations, line cleaning, all that kind of stuff, and worked at a homebrew shop, big, big home brewer. Um, and then joined up with Summit and just have been thrilled to be able to, to do this kind of work, bring this beer education, bring stories of just all the amazingness that, that all these women and folks are doing out there to, to people. So it feels really, really good to be right here right now. Well, it seems like it, especially in, like I said, I've listened to several podcasts that you've been on, that it just was such kismet that you both have such passion for it and you just, the stars aligned when you met. And I, I've been looking at the website and the website is beautiful. I have, yeah, thank I, you. That is Michelle. <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that it's so, it, it, it actually gets me excited to look and say, oh. They're speakers. Oh, I can look at last year. It, I can look at this. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. It is. It's see the whole start of the summit was, uh, I was the director for the queen of beer for three years, which is the oldest all female homebrew competition in the United States. And it's, I think we're at 27 years now. And, and I, I had the honor of being the director for three years and we had taken it to a national level where we had scholarships and donator uh, sponsors and, and and everything. And then we're so excited with all this momentum. And then we have a pandemic and nowhere to go with yeah. any of this. And I was just so disappointed. And I, and I had so many 
people that were so excited to be going forward and nowhere to go. And, and I was just like such at a, a quandary of what to do with that. And I have a, some really great friends in industry and I, and I got together with them and I'm like, what do I do with this? I was like, I've got all these awesome people out here wanting to be connected and there's mm-hmm. nowhere to go. And so together we came up with the idea of the women's summit and then it turned into the women's international summit. And so that's when I, I knew I was going to need a lot of help to come, come together with this. And so I reached out to Jen Pollan, who is the director of Shebrew and Portland, Oregon. And uh, I asked her, I said this, I told her, I said, this is what I want to do. And I, and I need some people that are going to be passionate about this that can help me. And that's how I, I got Michelle Wonder was like all about it. And then uh, another person within Shebrew is at Crystal Grupta. And so with those two and then my friend Vicky who helped me with Queen of Beer we're the core team that puts all of this together and without any one of those pieces we wouldn't be what we are right now because we all take our part Michelle's got the website locked I mean and then social media this year is just blowing up and I'm just I'm so proud of what she's creating Uh, Crystal takes care of our, our platform which is Crowdcast and she's got her team that's making it happen Vicky is handling all of our brewery connections. And then I, uh, we're, we're expanding on this, but I'm the one that has all the connections within industry that I can come up with people out of nowhere that can do whatever it is that we need. And, and, and so it's just been so great this year to be able to share all these people that I know with like Michelle and with Crystal and Vicky. And then we're just putting together I can't even believe what we've put together this year. It's just, it's magic. Well, I looked looked at your speaker list. You have like 69 speakers and every single, as you read through, I mean, even starting with Julia Hers, every one just sounds like I can't wait to see this and hear these. The magic also of Crowdcast is after every session is completed, it is immediately available for a recording. So anybody that attends doesn't have to worry about, oh my, because I had that struggle when I'm putting the sessions together. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh gosh, do I put this person against this person? And then people have to decide which one to watch. And oh my gosh. And then I was like, everything's recorded as soon as it's done. It's okay. We're okay. And so it's, I have to calm down because it's just, there's just so many people that are just, Amazing. And I'm, we're just so excited about everybody that said yes this year and, and what we've put together. So I've been planning like what I'm going to watch when, and unfortunately I work, I work on Sundays. So my, a lot of the Sunday sessions, I'm going to have to just watch in, in like recording. So that's perfect. Right. So usually people ask us which ones we're looking forward to. What are you looking forward to? Put it on the spot. Oh man. Right. Right. <laughs> well, how about how about you? You think about that for just a second, and let me let me tell you a couple that I'm looking okay. forward to. I am really looking forward, and I'm going to. I'm hoping I don't butcher her name too much. Apiwe mm. Nuxani Mawela. She is from South Africa. I knew her when I read the article as a brewer. As I I dove deeper into what she does, she is an amazing person with a science degree who decided to leave that path and use her science as a brewer. And so she was a brewer in South Africa. And then we had a pandemic which shut her brewery down. But 
There's also, and you in the UK was a beer box company who was putting together these beer boxes that needed 200,000 cans of her beer. Oh, wow. And connected with her and said, uh, we need this beer from you. And what are we going to do about that? And actually put her back in business. And so she's going to be talking about how awesome she is and everything she does along with that story. And so we're really excited about that. And then I'm also really excited about our, uh, with the uh, content creators, because what I, when I, when we first started putting this together, what we looked at, we sent out a survey to all of the contacts that I had for Queen of Beer and all of the contacts that Michelle had for Shebrew. We put out a survey and said, what do you want? Because we didn't want to create something that we wanted. We wanted to create something that everyone else would want. And we wanted to be sure that we were checking every box for whatever it was that anybody was interested in. And one of them is that content creation and those Instagram posts that you see that are so amazingly beautiful by like Sarah, Sarah Flora and uh, is beer a carb and what goes into (laughs) Megan Stone, Megan Stone. Yeah. She's great. But you know, what goes into making those posts? It's not like you just go snap a picture and slam it, you know, put it on Instagram and voila, it's amazing. No, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And there's a lot of people really interested in that. So I wanted to be sure that we were putting that out there. And then there's how to build a brewery that people really wanted to understand that. And so this year, Really excited to have Mindscape uh, Fermentation coming on board to talk about their brewery is actually supposed to launch about the same time that oh wow and so but they're committed to being a part of the summit and so they're going to talk about all those all those brick and mortar tasks and challenges that come to come come forth when you're going to build a brewery along with what they're actually brew uh, putting together which is beyond just a regular brewery. They're actually looking at doing all things fermented, including kombucha and different foods, that kind of thing. And their business, um, their business plan is just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till you share that. But anyway, we'll, we'll carry on now. What's your favorite? What are you looking forward to? My first one that I absolutely had on my list in, in, in like chronological order, uh, a goddess, a nun and a druid walk into a brewery. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Christina right. Wade. Yep. Uh, between two firms that <laughs> right. The creative names, the really names. Get you. The names the really- name. that's why I try to encourage people. Like you're going to get more views. If you come up with a cool name, <laughs> I know. <laughs> How do you think we got two girls, one brew? <laughs> sure. 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 I definitely am interested in the, the black is beautiful. Where are we now? And what's next? I, was we brewed black is beautiful here in our house um, loved it was behind that just saying but <gasps> Yay! We'll yeah. um we also anytime we would find a local brewery who would participate we would go and get it um because that was oh, right wow. during shutdown so we would have to go and pick it up or or um or i had a friend who went to um some breweries in Tampa and he could pick some there like places where I wasn't going to be able to go. He would bring them and I would bring him some of mine. But that, that whole, that was my introduction to the whole collaborative uh, beer for a purpose. Um, And, and as I've said before, I like a cause with my, my taste (laughs) and I love, I love having one, a good beer, but two, knowing that this beer is doing something. 
positive. Funny story behind Marcus. That was one of the sessions in um, 2021 that we were friends on Facebook. I didn't really know him a lot. I knew about the beer and I was really excited about it. And I was um, sitting at work and I, and I didn't have a, a confession. I didn't have a whole lot to do right that <laughs> second. And I just, I instant messaged him and I said, Hey, I'm putting together this women's international beer summit. I really want you to come on and talk about black is beautiful and what you're doing and what, what you are beyond black is beautiful because I really want to know too. And it wasn't five minutes. And he said, okay, tell me more details. And then I, I messaged Michelle and I'm like, Oh crap, what do I do now? He said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Reel him in, reel him in. Like I've been to his brewery. I've met with him several times. I've talked to him several times. And now he has this incubation project named after his grandma. And he's going to help other black brewers get started in their business along with other people. And he's so he's starting a new brewery out of Charlotte and that he's going to be talking about all that. And I'm just I'm so proud of him. So, well, it's anyway, it's so uh, I got to talking uh, several times. We've discussed because, you know, the whole thing with Brienne and Rat Magnet came up and and it was like it had such fire behind it, such fire and such passion. And everybody was talking about it. And now it's kind of trickling down and it's kind of like struggling to try and know the conversation needs to keep coming. These are this is still happening. Why are why are we not talking about this? every freaking time um because if we don't keep talking about it it's not going to change and right. while there are breweries that have made st- strides and have made the changes there are quite a few that haven't and have gone back to being misogynistic assholes and they're still in business mm-hmm. i know which yeah. ones i'm speaking yeah. okay. but um it's i love the fact that it is a continuation of a story that Turn i've been <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that I love this is a continuation and you can still follow this and keep the fire and keep it relevant and keep the discussion happening. Um and speaking of beer with a cause, I was so excited to see that Betsy Lay was doing something and I I There you go. We interviewed her. She's the superhero of that, you know what I mean? Like she really has proof of concept right there. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, I have family in Aurora. Um, I know where she's located. That is not a super hippy dippy trippy like lefty leaning bubble. It's not Boulder. No, it is hardcore Denver. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would say July, yeah. She gets tons of people coming through that door and they know exactly what she stands for. And mm-hmm. that is exactly why they're there. And that's freaking tremendous because you listen to brand marketers left and right, left and right, authenticity. Like you got to have your story and you got to have your values and reasons. And just having good beers is not enough. She is this just, like I said, she's the superstar example. Yeah, of exactly you know exactly what they're about, and mm-hmm. that's why you go there. And she she walks her talk. Beer. Yes, to, yeah. to the limit. Yes. We we and, yeah. we actually ordered because unfortunately, thanks to the U.S. government, we can't order every beer that they have. Um, hopefully, that law will change. Um, but uh, we we ordered the the mail order beer, so we got the Liberty Lager and we got the Sandra Day IPA. Right on, amazing beers. 
But then I had some friends who traveled up to Colorado and they were like, do you want us to pick you up something? Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. Whatever you can find. (laughs) I need you to get so much for your so little time. Yes. You want the sticker. The sticker bear. And the lady hosen. Because it was Marsden season. And I was like, that's all I want. Just bring me that. Just bring me two of those. And they did. And I I was so excited. Yeah. Their branding is great. I mean, stickers like right on the can, just brilliant. Um, The naming, just everything is just hitting above boards. Um, And and they've got a fun name. They've got a fun name for their talk. Yeah. Uh, Great Better World. The idea of a tipsy or the... um, the evolution of a tipsy idea yep. because literally it was just like one night they were having yeah. some beers and they just like formulated this plan and then they're like let's yep. follow it through and you know that's similar with the lifting lucy um i don't know if you guys are familiar with lifting mm-hmm. lucy they're a pretty new organization um we're going to be featuring them also on the session on the summit they have their own session we're also a donating partner five percent of ticket sales goes to lifting lucy Five percent of ticket sale goes to the Brave Voices Fund mm-hmm. via Women of the Bevolution. Um, but similar thing, they were just all hanging out one night having beers and getting a little getting a little drunk, and they just thought, "Why don't we put together a nonprofit that just raises money and helps women of color, BIWOC people, or their focus mm-hmm. do whatever they want to do?" If that means getting a bus ticket to go to Atlanta to go to a beer festival or getting money to become a pink boots member or Mm -hmm. going to a conference or taking an online class on how to learn beer styles or whatever, you know, and it's just so cool to see people that, you know, have those fun ideas, you know, when you're just shooting the shit with your friends on a Friday night, having beers and then make it a reality and make it so impactful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just, she is just such a, I just love talking to her. I was like, oh, oh, we've talked for an hour and a half. Do you want to, do y'all need to go eat or anything? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's one of the sesh. That's one of the podcasts I listened to with y'all. Yeah. Uh, They were just, uh, and, and uh, we, between uh, her and there's a home brewer I follow um, that we also interviewed uh, for Exodus Brewing. And she, they're all out there in Colorado. I'm like, I don't know how close these towns are, but I bet we can get there. Yes. If we if we get Do to it. Colorado, then we'll just go around Colorado. We'll just yeah. see them all. See them all. Find some new ones. Mm-hmm. We we uh, we we now know that we can do that because we went to Asheville and we did thirty one breweries in seven days. So right on. Well done. <laughs> yes, uh, Asheville is a beautiful place to visit. Uh, it's beautiful. Yes, and I think I went through the Liver Olympics in that session. Woo. So yeah, there's a lot of breweries there. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Last weekend, I was down in the San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, Sierra Nevada has a, a tap room there called the Torpedo Room. And mm. one of their uh, managers from the Mills River site was oh, actually wow. there. So I was able to have this whole conversation with him that nobody else could cue in on because it's like we're talking about Asheville. And I don't know if y'all made it to Biscuit Head while you were there, but oh, my God. Anyway, it's a it's a restaurant there that next time then you should be there if you haven't gone. We went to Tupelo Honey, so that's as close as we went. 
Well done. Well done. But um, yeah. just talking to him about the whole area and, and just the different little breweries like Twin Leaf that a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know about. Twin Leaf was fabulous. He talked about burial, just a bunch of different mm-hmm. little breweries that are there that are just really nice. It's a it's a great place to visit. Oh, we we had such a good time and they were just so it it it. It almost is like, you know, you know, when you go somewhere, if you can find a beer community, we um, that's that's where you really get to know a town and really get to know yes. the people. Yes. I know that it, the big focus is education and connection and, and getting everyone together. This this year is even greater and has expanded on last year. And I know in your noodles you've got next year and the future. What do you see? <laughs> What do you see as the ultimate, you know, well, this year when we were planning it, it was still so up in the air. Can we have it live? Can we not have it live? And so we had to go virtual again because in the middle of all that is like all of it was uncertain what was going to happen. But the coolest thing that happened for this year, I'll, I will get back to 2023 here in a second was we had a a group out of LA suggest, you know, it's like, can we do like a watch party? And I was like, oh, let's talk about watch parties. And so now we have that whole idea of doing that this year so that people can gather and do what we call a watch party. And there's on WCFA.beer, you can check that out and figure out how to do a watch party if you have a few people that want to do that together. And then we're looking at uh, another opportunity to donate towards Lifting Lucy through that. And so we do have some uh, live ideas for this year. But for next year, for 2023, we are looking at this idea or concept to do like what we call hubs. Mm-hmm. We're all over the world where people can actually gather with a live speaker and then have like a hybrid where there is some virtual pieces to it and also a live piece to it as well. And so we're, we're yes, we're already talking <laughs> how that looks. So <laughs> we're also looking at we might change it from April just because the weekend that we're doing it is a major holiday in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people in New Zealand that want to be a part of this. And so we kind of need to get off of this weekend, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is April. Yeah, that's a that's a good segue for our main sponsors, Grandfather, too. Yes. You know, oh yeah. Um, and they're out of they're yeah, it's run by a company called Bevy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in New Zealand. Um, that is the only place in the world where home distilling is legal, huh. um, because Grandfather has a nice little coutrement. Uh, called an Alembic Dome that you just snap right on there and boom, you're distilling. Um, it's really, really cool. I definitely do not have that. I do not. No, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I certainly have a grandfather. But, uh, you know, they were so generous. They were they were on board last year and they gave us a G30, one of their units to give away. But this year they're like, we want to do more. We want to do more for you. So not only kicking down some, you know, hard-earned cash, they also... Gave us a G30 again to give away, which we gave away on Instagram just recently. Um, this really great uh, woman won it. Her Instagram name is All Sauced. Uh, her name's, I think, Lori. Uh, she's a black single mom in the Midwest, I believe. And sorry if I'm wrong on that one. Um, but she has this cool little business she's trying to start up where she kind of highlights um, cooking with using like adult beverages, like using beer in food, using different spirits in food and stuff like that. Um, and so she won the G30. She was really, really oh, stoked wow. about that. 
yeah, she said that's really going to help her elevate her f- fledgling business. So that's yeah. fantastic. Um, they also gave us a G40 to give away, which we're going to be giving away during the Grandfather Homebrew panel. That's on Sunday afternoon. Uh, that'll be hosted by me. And, <laughs> and right now, yeah, and the other people that are going to be on that session with me. Um, are still to be determined because this week, I know this probably won't air before then, but um, this week we're running a giveaway on the Instagram channel where you can win a glycol. No, I'm sorry. When you can win a conical fermenter oh, from nice. uh, grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. They're GF 30. Um, and if you're a grandfather, if you're a female non-binary grandfather brewer, just make us a little video showing us your setup, showing us talking about how much you love it, submit it. We're going to pick three or four people. One will win. Um, everyone will be invited to participate on the homebrewers panel. So we're going to get some folks, you know, pluck them out of the audience kind of thing. Like, come on up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that so that's awesome. really exciting. And then, yeah. And then we do have a glycol chiller to give away, which anyone who pays for a ticket to the summit is going to be eligible to win that glycol chiller. Uh, we'll announce the winner at the closing of the summit, but you don't have to be present. We'll contact you. Um, so if you ask me, if you're a home brewer, throw down 50 bucks just to be in the drawing for a freaking glycol chiller. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> yeah. That thing is awesome, let alone all the amazing content. So right. um, we really got to give props to them because that's that's yeah. super generous. And we've got tons of other giveaways. AHA's got a they're giving away a package to homebrew con two tickets. Oh, um, yeah, oh, which is coming wow. up. And then they're giving away. Then we have four discounted tickets to give away to um, at about half price. Yeah. Yep. 50 different memberships. So if you're not an AHA member, um, just head over to the website, put your name into the hat, say, I want to be eligible for this. Um, chances are pretty good. You're going to get a free membership and uh scholarships giveaways yeah it's it's like too much to even go through like we we do these podcasts and we're like we could talk at mega speed and never (laughs) breathe and we still are not going to get through all of all the stuff so check it out on yeah 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 content to say that yeah, yeah I mean, Seekable Institute, Cicerone, um, all kinds of really great yeah, stuff. Yeah. Under the wow. Jen Fluence, Jen Blair. You can have a one-on-one coaching session with Jen Blair. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. Because both both yeah. Kelly and I are homebrewers. Right. Awesome. So, in fact, you may have tried one of my brews at Shebrew. Okay. You, I sent, you put it in. What was... It was a, um, a Heather... What was the category? Uh, historical. Historical. Yeah, I probably had that. I probably <laughs> had that. Yep. So yeah, we did those. Oh no, she did them, Melissa. Mm-hmm. You did historical, right? I you and Vicky. Some historicals. Yeah. Yeah, that's my. Cool. That's my. I, I decided this year that I'm trying to focus on one style and try to get it to the point where mm. I can. That I just picked. I just picked the hardest one because nobody knows. Yeah, right. Nobody really in certain competitions, like several f- things of feedback I've gotten. I don't know what this is supposed to taste like. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> last year, all my feedback was there's not enough Heather. I put three times the Heather this year. Too much Heather. God bless America. What's going on? <laughs> I can't win. So now I'm yeah. gonna make one with well, squid ink. Look and at just that be judging seat and see if it says Melissa McCann on it. I and will. You know who you can uh, hit up for totally. that. 
I will. It's striving. It's making me strive to be better at it. So, uh, you know, that's the beauty of BJCP judging. You know, your name is on every page you judge. Right. And they encourage with a phone number and an email. And I get emails from people that of beers I've judged and be like, hey, can you tell me a little bit more about this? Or, hey, I just want to thank you so much for the feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really great to be able to have that. You know, it's not just some nameless, faceless person who's judging and critiquing. Um, It's an actual human and you can see their name and you can reach out and chat with them. And most judges are completely open to that. Yeah. Yeah, If I judge your beer, please reach out to me. I I want to talk to you about it. I I want you to because I want to talk to you about it. I have I I will have to look and and see yeah, because I I may have judged that beer. Yeah. I I love I love the competition piece because I enjoy getting feedback that's coming from a place of education and knowing what you're not just my friends going hey this tastes great. Um oh, I totally, like totally. I like it's I like beer. I, this is great beer. Can yeah. it get me drunk fast? Um I like the, the oh I I have notes of cinnamon. Okay, there was no cinnamon. I have notes of this. <laughs> but, it's weird how those, you know, when those when those different nuances come up and they're just yeah. there. They just yeah. are. Yeah. You know, where they came from, it's like, you know, it could be the yeast, it could be there's a lot of different things that could have made that happen. So yeah. I somehow mm-hmm. ruined a campfire stout. I was like, guys, hear me out. I get hints of like specifically yellow mustard and white bread. And they're like, that's completely absurd. But we all had it in our flight. <laughs> so they took a sip and like, God damn it. Now all I taste is yellow mustard and white bread. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that happen with a, like horse blanket. I, I actually, yeah. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's I, part of sensory is it's yeah. so in, it's, you're very influenced, um, which is why at judging tables, generally it is quiet mm-hmm. for the initial judging, you know, like each judge, cause you judge in pairs um, and you're each drinking the taste in the beer, but you're not talking about it. You're writing down your notes. You're writing down perceptions. You're writing everything down first. Then you have the conversation. And very often you may go back and make some alterations and maybe change something here or there. Um, but that influence is very, very real. Yeah. And so in the judging world, they take that very seriously and they try to keep that to a minimum. Well, and, the, and I know we, uh, our brew club <laughs> has, has a, a, a competition on the circuit. So we have to, you know, in, in last year was the first year that I was really involved with, you know, taking beers to judges and making sure that they had everything. And the, the challenge of doing Your it. Your beer's empty, Kelly. <laughs> well, I know, I know, sorry. I know. Kelly keeps going to drink an empty can. <laughs> I know. I'm going to steal another one soon. I know. I drink all mine, too. So I got problems. I know. <laughs> sorry, Christy. Sorry to interrupt you. It's okay. I call that out. That's funny. It's okay. But it's just, it's, it's that. I, I actually know that even though there's that suggestion piece of it, a lot of the judges would rather be face to face or in the same room to be able to discuss it. Oh yeah, a little bit better because I it, there were some challenges last year with just uh, getting people online to judge together and figure out their right. lives. At least if you have to go somewhere and sit down and do it, you know they can they can go through it. Um, well, and two bottles can be very different representations of beer, yeah. too. You know, seriously, seriously, um, yeah. that's happened where you get a beer, you know, as a judge at a table with another judge and you pop it and it like foams over or whatever. And you're like, let's, <laughs> let's get a second bottle and then it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes it a challenge to you don't even know if you're necessarily drinking the same beer just because the right. packaging could have affected it and bottle the bottle difference, you yeah. know. 
Settled yeah. yeast at the bottom, sediment period yeah. at the bottom of some versus it just depends on when it was poured and how it was right. filtered. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's kind of like that, you know, football saying any given Sunday. It's like any given uh, judging day. You just never yeah. know, you know, um, your beer may taste completely different than what you think it is on that day in that environment at that time. Yeah. And how, how do you now? I, I this is just pure me purely off off the cuff cans or bottles bottles i'm a bottle person well you know i homebrew bottles but yeah i just went to an event with charlie bamforth who is the pope of foam i don't know mm-hmm. if you know who that is he says cans because bottles um can actually do uh you can get the the air through the bottle cap mm. and then also with draft you never know if somebody cleaned the lines or whatever with that where it can it's like no, nothing's getting in there nothing's getting out until you pop the top so yeah i'm, I'm kind of like it I, can still be stored hot and ruined that way no but yeah, i it, have the the german style pop tops on mine <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah like the yeah like the girls sh- yep yeah bottles Okay. Yeah, totally. Broke a nail or two with those, but it's fine. It's yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm as a home brewer, I keg most of my stuff, but mm-hmm. I still bottle to if I have like a full kegerator and I'm like, yeah. I can't fit any more beer in there. And also I can't drink all this and I want to give it away. That I'll bottle so that I can take six packs and give them away. Um, and then I always bottle condition my Belgian beers. Mm-hmm. Um, I firmly believe in bottle conditioning um belgian beers in particular uh whatever style really calls for that you know the pivo grand disky actually is a bottle conditioned style beer um at about three percent co2 you know so you can do that so easily Mm -hmm. with just dosing your sugar correctly um honey or like a simple syrup with actual table sugar oh yeah i just use table sugar or dextrose oh yeah oh yeah um i brew a beer to have a taste exactly like I brewed it. Um, I feel honey gives you that little bit of influence possibly, but I don't even know if that's accurate, but honey is so expensive that I'm not going to use that for that. (laughs) I am a big fan of uh, cask and bottle conditioning yeast though. Um, The CBC yeast by Lollamond. You literally use like 0.1 gram per liter. So you only need about two grams for a five gallon batch. Yeah. Um, And I just put that in with my, with my priming sugar um, and I know that it's going to be super charged conditioned really quickly. It's usually done within like seven days as opposed to having to wait two weeks. Oh, wow. And it's cool because it's designed to drop out and stick to the bottom of the bottle really hard. Oh, nice. So you just don't get that some slosh of, you know, yeast at the bottom, mm-hmm. but then it's still homebrew. So you still get that, but yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't be homebrew without a <laughs> little bit of something. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> So now we do have some standard questions that I like to ask every guest. Sure. Uh, so what beer style or name? Uh, we're not judging. Do you feel is overrated? <laughs> Go ahead, Melissa. Pastry stouts. Ooh. 
we're going to go with our same answers. I'm going to say IPAs because, and I'm saying every IPA style, D-I-P-A, triple IPA, New England IPA, regular IPA, just because you? <laughs> you tag it IPA and it's just going to sell like gangbusters. Like people don't even understand what an IPA means, really. They just know, true, oh, I'm too. supposed to buy that. I'm supposed to drink that. Right. I'm just upset that that is 60% of the beer market when there's literally 85 to 100 beer styles out there, people. <laughs> so my friend who doesn't even drink recently sent me a meme of the proper way to, to drink an IPA and it's a bottle being poured down the drain. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me, you are half correct because that's how I feel about West Coast IPAs. How dare you? And I do feel like, I mean, DIPAs to me, a, a good one should have almost like a honey flavor because of that residual sugar from producing the extra abv right um so i will say hashtag not all ipas but uh again that just comes from i had to figure out which hops i do and don't like and And i'm not saying they're not good i'm not saying they're not good i'm saying they're overrated like they have way too much market share when you think about how much other amazing beer is out there um, so that's where I'm coming from, from the overrated. I mean, personally, I'm not a big bitter fan. Um, you know, so West Coast IPAs have always been pretty appalling to me. Um, <laughs> when I moved to Portland, that was like all it was, you know what I mean? So it was like, I was glad that they have IBUs on all the menus up here because then I realized, oh, yeah, if it's over 40, I don't want it. <laughs> right there with you. That's so nice. Get people, you know, the educated ability to choose. Yeah. If I walk into a place and I see a lot of fedoras and tiny mustaches, I turn right around and I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, it's the newsy caps. The, oh, like, yeah. The, the new, like, yeah. Oh, the page boy. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Not that there's a stereotype, but there is. Yeah. See, that was San Francisco and Portland about eight years ago, I think. They've, yeah. We've shipped them all out to you guys now. <laughs> Yeah, everybody, everything ends up in Florida, just like they finally got their unicycle all the way out there. (laughs) (laughs) So if you were stranded on a desert island, you will be rescued in three days. I just like to like take that lost uh, scenario out of there that you will be rescued, but you're on you're stranded on an island and you have one type of beer, one brand of beer. What is it? For me, it's a toss-up between a. It, it, it has to be a cooler deserted island because it's Russian Imperial Stout or a barley wine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. That's kind of like tied to the Caribbean. You want to, that rump? I get that. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Are- and yeah, yeah. And you want to be drunk because you're kind of in a bad situation. And you might as well feel a little better. Do you know it's 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 a free a free pass for day drinking. I'm in. Yep. I'm in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Normally I say Black Butte Porter, uh, which is a beer from Deschutes Brewery here. Um, really kind of created the American Porter resurgence back in the the early aughts. Um, just super tasty. Um, but to just switch it up, I would say Orval. Ooh. Orval. Orval. Ooh, yeah. Very nice. Very good choice. Oh yeah. Choice. Yeah. Um, if I could have like some verticals of Orval, that'd be awesome. Oh, on, right, they, right, they taste yeah. so different over the years, you know, that little bit of breath that they put in there um, when they bottle it. It's just yeah. like, wow, it's just a revelation. If you've never done a vertical tasting of Orval, I okay. highly recommend 
um, really fancy bottle shops by you or little beer bars or something. They usually do it because there's an Orval day. Yeah, yes. um, uh, it's beer. in my calendar. <laughs> yeah, so check it out. I have a beer because it's yeah, yes. it's I a really great education in what uh, Britannomyces can do in a beer. Happy New Beer's Eve! Oh yes! Oh yeah! Yes. <laughs> I was just reading. We have happy, happy. We have a, a we have a really cool newer brewery that uh, just came came around. That it's called Dead Words, and they. They were posting about like this day in 1933, there were lines of people as prohibition was ending. I was like, oh, yep. that's time to that, that celebration for me. It's a day ending and why? Let's go for it. And the irony is there was nothing good to drink no. because they couldn't begin producing until that day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, really interesting. I've been harder. getting into yeah, I've been getting into Not whiskey <laughs> um, lately. So I've been doing lots of history reading on whiskey and bourbon, and you know, whiskey was hugely uh, a medicinal item for a very long time in this country. Mm-hmm. And during prohibition, um, the government had their own like medicinal reserve of whiskey, and they were very worried as it started to become a little bit depleted because, geez, all of a sudden people had a lot of ailments that require whiskey. <laughs> I have them kinda all like, the time. <laughs> you know, yeah, kind of like back in the early California days, everyone had period cramps that you just got to have some weed to help you fix. <laughs> um, and so they actually gave out seven different uh, licenses to different distilleries to continue to produce just to restore the medicinal stock. Oh, wow. So there's some distillers out there that distilled all throughout Prohibition. Wow. Yeah, it was just kind of cool. I didn't realize that. Um, let's see. What the more you know. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we've got the, Bru- the in- Women's International Beer Summit. Tell us where we can find it uh, so that people can get their tickets. Yeah. Uh, WCFA.beer. Okay. And I'll explain that a little bit. That's for the Women's Craft Fermentation Alliance. You know, when we started the the summit last year um, and we wanted to have sponsors and all that stuff, you need to have a 501c3 um, so people can have their tax exemptions and all that good stuff. Um, So we were able to utilize the Homebrew Club up here in Portland um, that actually puts on She Brew, the Oregon Brew Crew. Um, so we're very grateful that we were able to utilize them for that. And then after the summit, we're like, we need to come up with our own nonprofit. And so that's when we launched the Women's Craft Fermentation Alliance. Um, so that's kind of the umbrella org under which the Women's International Beer Summit lives. Um, so you can head over to our site, wcfa.beer. Everything's right there in the menu. Click on through, have a look around. Um, find us over on Instagram at Women's International Beer Summit. Same on Facebook. Um, our YouTube channel we have opened up from, and that one's under the Women's Craft Fermentation Alliance. Mm-hmm. And we have all of our 2021 sessions there. Very nice. Um, we're still rolling them out, but they should all be up by the beginning of, of, the, of this year's summit. Um, so you can go and watch the like 20 some plus sessions that we did last year that were really remarkable and amazing too. So to give you a little taste for what you got coming. Um, and then you can check out the ticket link and that's going to jump you over to Crowdcast because that's the uh, software we utilize for the summit. Um, and it's just going to have you yeah, save your spot, drop down your $50 and you're in. And uh, go sign up for those scholarships and giveaways. So now it starts on the 22nd with the happy hours. Now, what is what is involved in the happy hours? We have two different happy hours scheduled so far. And we have um, 
Julia Hers is going to be hosting one of them. And then we have the, was it Brew Broads? Beers with Broads. Beers with Broads. I'm sorry. I, Beers with Broads <laughs> is going to be hosting the other one. Hanukkah and, um, nine. Yes. And we're going to be um, and doing that's going to be an invite thing through Instagram that we're going to get po- posted here pretty quickly. And so that's just going to be more of an intimate gathering where you can come come together and we can definitely invite you. Oh, we'd love it. And um, we would love to have you. And then the, the whole summit begins. Uh, let's see. What time does it begin? It's P- Pacific Standard Time. We start off at 8 a.m. on the 23rd. And then at That's beautiful. set your alarms. Get your, Well, you guys are starting at 11. No, so we start. Yeah, we start. Um, and so, and we're day drinking so, at that point. Exactly. Exactly. And because good, because we'll have a beer ready at 8 a.m. Pacific time. It doesn't matter. I, I'm a soldier. I can drink at 8 a.m. I'm okay with that. If you've got a problem with it, I'm not sure we can be friends. But um, yes. And right. so, uh, yes, we'll be ready to go. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. all day Saturday. I think maybe 830 on Sunday till till like five or something. Um, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. You got to sleep in a little bit. Um, Over after 30 sessions, 10 hours, so. Speakers. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on. We're really excited about it. Yeah, and while you can watch a lot of stuff recording, like live is really great too. If you can drop in at least for a few live sessions, getting those chats. Um, it's just so fun how engaged all the attendees are while the sessions are happening and making connections and just being amazed at how many women are out there like them and they don't realize, you know. Well, I am excited. I will be buying my tickets and, and I will definitely be there. I'm looking forward to it so much. And especially awesome. especially after talking with you and listening to to everything about it, I cannot I cannot wait. <laughs> and again, I am so like I said, I'm fam girling out. I <laughs> I so admire not just the community that you're you're helping to foster, but just the philanthropic nature of it as well, that you truly embrace not only accepting so many different kinds of brewers and being such a, such an inclusive group, but also spreading it beyond that to be able to reach beyond just the summit and just these brewers to people that don't even know that they have the resources to be able to provide those. So I, I am exactly, I, I am so excited that we got to talk to you and excited that you're doing Thank you this so much for taking the time to meet with us that's yes. great that's great yeah. yeah i will say you know as a as a queer lesbian um we all know the best the best lesbian queer parties are always fundraisers like always <laughs> we fundraise for freaking everything there's not a party without a charity giving money like so there's definitely that ethos deep down in my heart so <laughs> everything is wcfa.beer and then check out our instagram and there's a, a ton of stuff going on there and just women's international beer summit on instagram so you are yeah, both amazing the word spread the love Thank you so much, Michelle and Melissa. And I will have to say, when I look at both of your last names, you look like an 80s power group. Yes. <laughs> Wonder and yep. McCann. Live. I've watched oh, that, that show. That's good. I like that. All that attack. I, I like watch that. that show. <laughs> so, Michelle and Melissa, thank you so much. And I would be honored if you would say that we always end each session with, and remember, ladies, don't fear the beer. I would love it if you would join us on that. Yeah. Sure. And remember, ladies, 
Don't, don't fear, fear the beer. The beer. <laughs> uh, thank oh you God. so much. That was a disaster. You're going to have good edit on that one. <laughs>